Meditate with Samara. As you guys know, the intention of this podcast is to help you be inspired and to help you achieve the change that you seek to improve your well-being. So today I am so excited to talk about this topic with a dear friend of mine about how to cultivate emotional intelligence with practicing meditation. And my friend, Rachel Wiseman, is such a wise person and she has given so much wisdom and inspiration to me by following her accounts and her message. And I'm just so excited to talk to her today and to introduce you to her if you haven't heard of her yet. She is a designer and a meditation yoga teacher based in the United States. And her aim is to help you form a deeper connection with yourself, your career, and the world. She is right now also an interaction designer for Google where she creates systems, frameworks, and experiences to connect people who use Google Maps and search. And this is just amazing. Everything that Rachel is doing is pretty awesome. So I'm so excited to talk to Rachel here today. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for being on this podcast. Hey, Samara. It's, yeah, we were just saying before we hit record that um, it's been so long since we have caught up and it's a joy to like see your face and like reconnect. Um, it's been so long but yeah I'm super excited to be here yeah so me and Rachel actually met each other around the early 2019 February if I'm not mistaken yeah February yeah we did our power yoga teacher training in Bali and Ubud with Byron DeMars, Paul Teodo and Leah Santa Cruz it was such an amazing experience amazing group of people and I'm so glad that I got to meet and connect with you and reconnect with you again yeah yeah our group it was a very like special group that was a very like big pivotal point in my life that I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more but yeah I'm so happy that we were able to meet too yeah yeah for sure I also so resonated as a pivotal moment in our life but I want to actually start by asking you if you can share a little bit about your story about how and what happened that led you into practicing and teaching yoga and meditation now? Yeah, so I first started practicing yoga when I was in high school. And for a long time, what I feel like a, like many people view yoga as, I, at least I viewed it for a long time, similar to Pilates, more of a, like a physical exercise. And I didn't really understand the spiritual potential, honestly, until yoga teacher training. Oh. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but for a long time, I struggled with anxiety and depression. Um, and I was never a big proponent of taking pills and was always seeking a natural way to like combat the extreme unrest that I was experiencing. Um, and it was back in like 2014. I was living in Chicago. I just graduated school. And I was actually listening to, I was listening to a lot of podcasts um, and I was listening to the Tim Ferriss show. Um, and he interviews um, a wide variety of like very high performing people. And almost every single person that he interviewed meditated. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll try it, I guess. So I downloaded Headspace. Um, and this is now like six, six years ago. And uh, I started to form a like gentle meditation practice, but couldn't get in the groove of it every day. 
Um, and then I moved to San Francisco in 2016. And in 2017, I enrolled in Transcendental Meditation, which is like a mantra-based meditation like program class. And that's now like been like three and a half years. And I haven't missed a day of meditation since. Wow. Um, and now I can like confidently say that I do not experience anxiety. I do not experience depression. Like I still feel those feels of like overwhelm and those feels of sadness. And yes, there are moments that are more uneasy than others, but I used to have like mind and body numbing, like couldn't get out of bed experiences. And I don't. And I'm like getting the chills talking about it. And so like we went on our yoga teacher training and honestly going into the teacher training, I didn't know if I wanted to teach. Uh, I started getting more into yoga, but before I've been doing it on and off for a while, but I was like, okay, like I'll go to Bali. It'll be a cool experience. It was right before I started working at Google. I was like, I have some time off. Maybe I'll meet some cool, cool people. Maybe I'll get in shape, like not with any intention to teach and really discovered the full like plethora that yoga offered. And it's not only the poses. Um, and there is so many deeper elements to it. Um, and I fell in love with the teaching and the gift that yoga and meditation has given me that I don't experience those intense mental sensations anymore. I feel like it's like a calling that I have to give it, give back and provide these experiences for people. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your experience, your journey. Like I said before, I was listening to you and really intently in this present moment, I have goosebumps just, just trying to imagine what you had to go through and just that whole proactiveness and, and finding space and being back and giving back. I think it's such an inspiring journey, Rachel. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. It, it, was, a, it was a journey, but I'd say like the, the biggest like takeaway that if anyone who's listening is experiencing any kind of anxiety or any kind of depression or it's like September is like suicide awareness month or having like any kind of those like intense thoughts, like it will pass. Like it'll, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Do it. Thank you. That's such an inspiring thing. I think a lot of our listeners right now maybe are within isolation or in coping their own way during the difficulties that this pandemic is bringing in our lives right now. We're facing a lot of maybe downtime to really recognize our thoughts and recognize our habitual reactions and a lot of that. And a lot of looking inwards, I think, when I talk to my friends. And this is going to be a very exciting talk, I think. I think it's very important because what we said initially in the beginning, we want to talk about emotional intelligence and how meditation can help achieve that. So maybe I would love to start with asking you, how would you define what emotional intelligence is? Yeah. So like at a super high level, emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of control and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. So how this actually breaks down into something that's maybe a little more tangible for people to grasp onto what it is. So there's four key pillars of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So when thinking about what is emotional intelligence, it's those four pillars. Okay. And those 
four pillars are something that we can improve on from meditation, so to speak? Meditation is definitely a skill that you can help bridge and improve your emotional intelligence. Well, that's interesting. And because you've, you are now a meditation teacher, I'm wondering if there is a specific type of meditation because you said that you are trained in transcendental, which is mantra-based, but there are many different types of meditation. Can you walk us through a little bit of maybe the differences and how it affects the emotional intelligence, maybe? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was trained in TM as a, as a student. Um, but since I've done, um, I did a different like um, meditation training with, you know, Punu Wasu? Ah, he's he's a yeah. playing yoga yeah. right now. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did um, active consciousness meditation training with him a little over a year ago, which was really incredible in Vienna. Um, and we learned probably like a dozen different styles of meditation. Um, a lot of quite advanced <laughs> techniques that I don't teach on a regular basis. Um, but from la it was last October through February, I completed a 200-hour meditation teacher training Wow! Um, where I learned how to teach 12 different styles of 12 different techniques. Um, so those fell into four different buckets. You have present moment awareness meditation, calm focus, energized body and mind, and uh, transcendence and self-discovery, which is similar to um, TM, trans transcendental meditation. Um, but getting back to the emotional intelligence and what, met what techniques that you can practice to improve that. So it goes back to what key what, which pillars you're looking to improve. Mm. So with the aspects of the self, so say it's self-awareness or self-management, you'd want to really focus on present moment awareness and being aware of the body and connecting back with the present moment and being aware of how you're acting. And calm focus could be more like compassion-based meditations. And that would definitely fall more in the bucket of social awareness or relationship management. So understanding how to interact with others in a more empathetic lens. Wow. I'm just so amazed by the journey that you're you're sharing. Thank you so much. Because sometime in the future, I still dream of wanting to learn to be a meditation teacher and just hearing that you had that experience. Samara, you're already a meditation teacher. You're you're already doing it. You're, you're already doing it. <laughs> I like to think I'm guiding people through meditation, but I think there is just so much more to learn. I think there was a meditation module during our yoga teacher training, but really deep diving and having the similar knowledge of the whole meditation that you can bring and depending on how people want to feel or how we want to feel. I think that's something that I still need to learn in the future, but it's inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. It, it was something that I made a, a like conscious choice when figuring out which meditation teacher training I wanted to do. So Leah from our, yeah, um, our teacher training, she recommended Charlie, um, the uh, meditation teacher training that I did. And I intentionally wanted to do something a bit more broad than going really deep just yet. It's like I wanted to get my meditation teacher like general studies degree 
um, before like really specializing in one in one type. Because um, I feel like one of like a common misconception about meditation is it's kind of like a one size fits all kind of thing. Mm. But in actuality, there's so many different techniques that help people in different areas of their lives. How are you right now doing the meditation in your own practice? Um, do you just mix and match or or what is your practice right now? So mostly it's I've been doing a mantra based meditation and it's so in the bucket of transcendence and self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I repeat a mantra over and over and over and it's basically a form of like stress release and also like connecting with your like divine self. Mm-hmm. So slowly shedding layers and layers and layers. Um, I'd say that's been one that I've been practicing fairly regular regularly since March, mm. February, February about. Um, but sometimes depending on how I'm feeling that day, where there was a moment a couple of weeks ago where I really needed to cultivate more compassion. Mm. I just felt like the the environment that I was in and the way that I wanted to show up, I needed to fill up my bucket of compassion. So I switched to doing um, a compassion-based meditation, and it was definitely the right (laughs) pivot. I think it's great that you have the self-awareness, and it's very inspiring, and then that you have the different toolboxes that can fit into what you need in the present moment. So maybe do you have any suggestions for the listeners right now when they want to cultivate a certain aspect in their life how is it best for them to have a meditation practice on their own that could well suit what they need so at least where my mind is going to first i feel like there are so many apps out there uh, that have a like a plethora of different styles of meditation whether it be meditation for focus or meditation for anxiety or meditation for happiness or what have you so i feel like that's always a very like approachable way to start, um, like a lot of 10 free day trial <laughs> type stuff out there. Um, so I, I definitely say, say that people could start there. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think um, one one app that I have been really liking right now and just to share as well is actually Leia's Balance app. Have you, have you tried it? I downloaded it when they first shared in, in our WhatsApp group. <laughs> Um, and I tested it out a bit. I really loved the like design and like her voice is very soothing. And I tried the male voice too. And um. <laughs> I, I was just very, um, I think that app, other than other apps that I have tried, I felt like it was very personal in a way that it personalized our, our levels and what we need at the moment. So I would recommend listeners who have, I think, uh, only an iOS software to okay. try to to balance to download balance yeah 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 uh, and anyway i want to circle back into the importance of emotional intelligence in our lives what um do you feel is the reason that emotional intelligence is something important for us to continually learn and cultivate yeah so i feel like in not i feel like in school at least in in the U.S., and my hunch is in most places else in the world, 
we are taught that IQ or like book smarts or being really, really good at your like profession or whatever craft you are trying to become really good at is that's the aim. Like that's like the goal of like, I'm going to be the best like tennis player I can be. I used to play tennis Um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be like the best tennis player ever. Um, But so many people are, say you're the best tennis player you can be. They're so unhappy or they're really, really rude to their coaches or they come home to their families at night and they don't talk to their kids or they don't talk to their parents and they aren't really aware of what's going on in the world around them, but they're the best tennis player or the best designer or the best engineer or the best marketer, best founder. And so I'd say it's a balance, but that's why I truly, truly, truly feel that Emotion, if you invest in your emotional intelligence, it's kind of, at least how I envision it, it's the, the wrapping around like the present. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, you can give someone like a, a nice present. Everyone likes a good like wrapping. Maybe it's like reusable wrapping paper and it's compostable and it's all that good stuff for the earth. But coding it in something of how it, you're aware of it and how it interacts and how it's managed makes it a lot more authentically you mm. and authentically how others can show up as well. Yeah, I think that is such a great explanation and it's it's truthful in many different countries with the education system, at least in, I can speak for in Indonesia, we did not learn like emotional intelligence or any type of that soft skill that's so important to shape us as who we are as a person, as like a good individual, a good citizen. And I think the awareness that emotional intelligence is important is starting to seep through some of the earlier base of education and also in the workspace. And um, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any experience with teaching or learning emotional intelligence in these various spaces? Like what do you usually do coaching and workspaces or things like that? Yeah. So. Uh... One of the first places that I was exposed, minus through meditation and things like that, um, but I feel like my first like real deep dive into what emotional intelligence is was since being at Google, I did a search inside yourself training, Um, and I know that you're you're familiar with it, um, but it's a mindfulness and emotional intelligence and leadership based training that was originally started at Google and is still at Google, but now has expanded, I think, maybe globally. And so it was a two day course, um, like full, full two days. um, So like nine to five type thing, um, where we learned like everything about those specific topics. And like the main takeaway that I took from that is kind of getting back to what I shared before, but in order to become an effective leader, mm-hmm. like mindfulness and emotional intelligence are like essential pillars to becoming an effective leader. Wow. Yeah. I've read the book, Search Inside Yourself. And um, when we were arranging this podcast, I asked you about it because when I was reading the book, I think it's one of the most understandable, approachable way to learn aspects of mindfulness and emotional intelligence. And I thought it would be 
such a fun experience if I was actually there and then really being immersed in in the teaching. But the book was uh, funny as well. I think it was well written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a good one. I feel like a lot of um, like I knew about Search Inside Yourself before, but because I'm like a meditation and mindfulness like geek, but a bunch of people who did the who have done the training within Google like don't realize the like expansive um touch points that search inside yourself has had and um so it's it's cool that you've heard of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think there was a lot of time that i was trying to research how can you apply mindfulness or meditation to a broader audience who are non-meditators but can still learn the effects because you know part inside of me was just thinking like wow mindfulness and meditation changed my life in so many different ways it's like so pivotal and it's just something that once you realize you can't really look at things a similar way like it's just opening your eyes completely. to do you have that completely yeah <laughs> yeah so i was just thinking like oh how how can this be this good thing can be dispersed to to more people and that was one of the reasons why i looked up that book yeah yeah me it's meeting it's meeting more people where they're at Mm-hmm. And in in a more like approachable format and a more ap- approachable like wrapping. Yeah, yeah. I actually want to deep dive a bit more into the emotional intelligence bit, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Can you help walk me through the pillars again and just maybe give some tips on how to increase your emotional intelligence in those four pillars? Yeah, for sure. So high level. So there's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And so self-awareness, like I said, being aware of yourself. And so things that you can do on a very tactical level is in work environment or with your friends, ask for regular feedback. So not in a judgmental or critical way, but in a very like open way of in a curious way. So the best way to become more self-aware or one of the best ways is kind of forming a mirror around yourself. And a way to do that is through getting feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, another way, if that feels a little too intimidating, maybe um, journaling is great too. <laughs> I love journaling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Um, so that's a, that's a great approach as well. Um, self-management is uh, finding the space between like the something happening and responding. So understanding what your own like tipping point is and what, so you don't fall into the, ah, um, like for example, like my mind goes to, I'm, I'm in Hawaii right now with some friends. Um, and I was flying, I was flying a drone and I almost crashed the drone. And it just, and it just like hit almost the side and fell, but it like just made it in. Uh Um, And one of my housemates, uh, we were talking about it later and he was like, I I could tell that you were really balanced because when you crashed the drone, you were completely fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's, that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but 
I'd say with one thing that you could do um, in that domain is practicing like breathing and relaxation skills. So like very simple, like box breathing type techniques um, or other ways to connect deeper with your body. Another element of self-management is being aware of why you're showing up and what's motivating you. Um, so this kind of ties back into journaling as well. Um, but being more aware of like why you're doing what you're doing and what you value to understand how you can appropriately manage how to show up. So those are the first two. Can I ask? So, oh, ask, ask away. Sorry. Um, with showing up, what do you mean by that specifically in, in self-management, how to show up? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I like from from personal experience, I know a lot of times when I am not fully rested or I am not able to really like be present in a way due to maybe I'm feeling a little stressed or mm -hmm. I have a bit too if I'm feeling a little unbalanced, mm -hmm. it's taking that extra like breath or taking a nap or doing whatever you need to do to really come back to center. I'd say it very much ties in with resilience type practices. Okay. Um, where what, what can you do to appropriately fill up your cup? So you're not operating from this like uneven ground. I love that analogy. <laughs> I understand it right now. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that is, a great reminder when whatever happens something knocks you off from your cup it's inside or outside but you try to how can you connect back in and understand because we all only have so much energy and some things give us more energy some things deplete our energy so getting back to understanding what what motivates you and what gives you more energy and what depletes your energy can help you manage self-manage Mm -hmm. how you can correctly show up in this moment that's inspiring that's so insightful yeah okay so we've discussed two things thank you rachel self-awareness and self-management okay. yes so social awareness so that is in any interaction so like right here right now um being aware of the others around you so there's many people who are on the very extreme extroverted side who you, everyone has those friends who talk a bunch <laughs> yeah. and we love them. We love them. Um, but sometimes they talk a bunch um, and a way to increase your social awareness is to simply practice listening and, but in a conscious way. So obviously like you're listening as I'm talking and I'm listening as you're talking, yeah. but being really aware of, okay, I am listening right now. I'm listening to what she is saying. I'm listening to how she's saying it. Is she excited about it? Is she nervous? How are the words coming out? Is she talking really fast and then going like this? <laughs> or is she talking slow? So being aware of how someone's expressing themselves and really noticing how they're feeling and showing up. That's a really great thing to learn, I think, especially cultivating your deep connections and relationships because we're all social animals we're we're a social human being so I think that's a great thing to really cultivate and 
you know, increase and improve in our life. I think I'm inspired to do that and try that now and later <laughs> with people. Yeah. House. Yeah. yeah. Doing different, I've done different, like, listening type from going to different like meditation type events I've done a lot of different like listening type exercises Um, and it's interesting when you're intentionally or consciously listening to someone whether it be for their exact story or you're not trying to already figure out in your mind what you're going to say back and you're and you're purely just listening to listen Um, yeah listening's a very nuanced skill Yeah, I definitely need some practice because I realized when one of our conversations, I was already like, eh, I wanted to say something. <laughs> the moment that I need to practice listening, but I think that's very relevant because, you know, sometimes people don't really try to listen and understand each other in a good conversation. They all, the ego and the self always want to like try to hear me, but I'm not really listening to you. So that's great mm-hmm. for reminding yeah. us. Uh, so the last one is relationship management. And I'd say this this kind of ties everything together. Um, it blends like self-awareness with self-management, but also social awareness. So I'd, one thing is in the same vein of like being of being aware of your own cup and how much energy you have, but being able to clearly set expectations. Mm. So and being able to clearly set boundaries. So knowing, okay, maybe I'm really tired or I really need some heads down time or I really feel like being social and hanging out. But being very open and transparent for how you can appropriately connect with someone and form a deep relationship. That's the, go ahead. <laughs> See, I'm learning again. <laughs> <laughs> learning. Yes. Um, I was just going to say, I think that is one of the skills that is tested, I think, right now with the pandemic, either tested while you are at home with family, like constantly all the time or with your partner or you're Mm -hmm. without your friends. So what they can do now is just calling like this. I think it's, it's applicable in many different ways and it's tested in a different way now during the pandemic compared to when it was before and I think that was just something that popped into my mind yeah completely yeah and I and everyone's in their own situation like I don't have children and so people that have kids like their form of setting expectations is a completely different thing and a completely different balance so it's understanding what setting expectations means for you and for your partner, for your coworkers, for your friends, family. Um, the other part of relationship management that I'd had to kind of tie it back with self-awareness is so in self-awareness, we talked about like getting feedback from coworkers, from friends. And if that feels right to you, the relationship management side of that is taking the feedback well. <laughs> So sometimes it can be difficult to receive feedback, but often if, especially if it's a coworker or friend that has very good intentions, it's knowing they simply want what's best for you and they really want to help you grow. Yeah. So seeing it not as a fault, but as an opportunity. So cultivating more of a growth mindset around the feedback rather 
than something you feel a bit stuck with. Right. So that is the whole four things already, right? Self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-management, social awareness, eh, sorry, yeah, and relationship management. That's all of them. Wow. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm learning so much because honestly, I have not heard about these four pillars and I have not heard myself about the meditation that fits into these four things and the tips that you share are very insightful even for me to try to apply and what are do you think are the main benefits after you know growing and practicing all these four pillars in your life so like many 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 things um but i've never been more like aware of how I know I'm supposed to show up. So I know that we've talked a lot about like showing up and what that means, but I going back at the, at the beginning, you mentioned what my like mission and my like why statement is. And I feel like the more and more the work that I'm doing really aligns with like why I'm supposed to be here in the first place. Um, and the more that I've cultivated, like the wrapping around my IQ has really helped me understand like why I'm showing up and how I can show up in a really, in a way that feels true to me. So not in the way that I feel that society has told me to, but in a way where it's like, this feels right. Mm. Yeah. And that's beautiful to listen to how other ways that you are now spreading the emotional intelligence because I have been following your work on uh, Instagram and I love looking at your new company your new project called Design to Be and can you share us a little bit about that or a lot about that of why you're creating that too yeah yeah so uh first Design to Be I launched the beginning of August. So it's fairly new, Uh, but it's a community that elevates designers to become empowered, educated, and effective using EQ or emotional intelligence-based tools and practices. So our goal is to help designers discover and keep a fresh perspective. And we do this through building community, offering events, and guiding self-inquiry. So what that actually shakes out to be is we have had three virtual events um, in August, and there'll be more to share soon about our fall upcoming events. Um, but definitely go check out designtobe.com. But the, I'd say the reason why I started this was I realized in the, in the same vein of getting into teaching meditation and teaching yoga, I noticed that when I was designing, I would experience a lot of those intense sensations that we were talking about earlier. So I'd noticed that in certain points of my design process, I'd feel really overwhelmed or I'd feel really like sad or I'd feel really intimidated to ask a question or during a critique, people would be giving me feedback about my work. And I'd feel so overwhelmed about that people were ripping apart everything that I just worked so hard on creating. Yeah. And 
by diving more into my emotional intelligence and everything that we've already discussed, I'm able to be more self-aware, self-manage and be socially aware and manage my relationships in a way that I can effectively now contribute as a designer. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I'm so proud of you, Rachel, really, because just seeing how you've grown since the moment that I, I've known you taking the meditation teacher training and designed to be, I think it's such a great thing that you're doing for society that is authentically you. And I'm just so inspired. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that. But that's amazing. You're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So how can people reach you or Design to Be when they really want to see more of your work? Yeah, so Design to Be, uh, go check out designtobe.com. So design, T-O-V-E.com. And it's also uh, design, design underscore to be on Instagram. And if you want to reach out and get in touch with me, uh, racheldweissman.com and also racheldweissman on all the things. On all the things. Great. Amazing. Make sure that all of your links are in the description so people can also just easily click on that. And Beautiful. You know, thank you so much, really, for everything that you have been sharing. I, I really genuinely appreciate the things that I'm learning from you right now and the conversations that we're having and practicing listening. I think that's a good thing to start for me today. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy to connect and a joy to be here. Yeah. Is there any other words maybe or things that you would like to share to our listeners right now, maybe who are struggling with understanding themselves and understanding their emotional intelligence or starting a, a meditation practice that is right for them? Do you have any suggestions on how people can start towards the direction to a better emotional intelligence? Yeah, so I'd say twofold. So a very simple way to start increasing your emotional intelligence is through meditation. And a simple way to start meditating is one, be patient with yourself. So being okay that two minutes a day, five minutes a day is okay. And one like mindset thing that has helped me. So every I'm hoping every listener that every single person listening to this right now has brushed their teeth in the morning. Like you, I think so. Yeah, hopefully. And and you brush your teeth because you don't want bad breath, and you brush your teeth because you don't want to get a cavity. And every morning I meditate because I want to brush my mind or, and I want to have a clear mind and the same habit of forming that every single day has now I don't get mental cavities <laughs> like how, how I used to, but if that metaphor resonates with folks, I know that it's resonated with other people that I've shared with. So I wanted to leave with that. Yeah, I think that is an amazing analogy and uh, like a metaphor that is just going to stuck in my head. And every morning that I feel like, not right now, I, I don't feel like meditating, but you know that it's good for you. So you just do it for a while and be patient with yourself. So thank you so Very much. Very patient. 
yeah thank you thank you so much really for everything that you have shared i genuinely appreciate you and your time and energy sharing your knowledge and your insights to us and the listeners right now yeah thank you so much for having me great um to all the listeners thank you so much for your time thank you for listening to me and Rachel talk about emotional intelligence with meditation. I hope that your good intention to click on this is going to be fruitful for you and you can practice all the knowledge that Rachel has just mentioned, whether you're summarizing or you're taking one takeaway. Um, don't forget to, to talk to me if you want to and, and reach out what you have learned from this episode at Samara Fahrana and also to Rachel with her links in the description below. And if you like this podcast episode and you think someone else is going to benefit from it, don't forget to share it to them. And hopefully a lot of people can find the benefit of this episode. Thank you so much. Take care and namaste.